Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and the time has finally arrived. The biggest party of the summer, less than 24 hours away. You know, I'm talking about SummerSlam, Nashville, Tennessee, Nissan Stadium, home of the Tennessee Titans, and it is going to be big. So big that we may, in fact, need a bigger boat. I definitely needed another brain on the team this week as we take you through the SummerSlam card. We're going to break it all down. Of course, he's the voice of NXT 2.0, the chief Brody to my Quint, Vic Joseph. And of course, you may recognize if you are a regular longtime After the Bell listener, as you should be, he is the hooper of the crew, oh. our producer extraordinaire, bringing the fans' perspective to things, Alex Metz. Gentlemen, good morning. Are you ready for SummerSlam? Good morning. Ready to rock. Good morning. One of my favorite events of the year. Can't wait. 24 hours away. Before we get there, before I forget... I would be remiss if I did not start off the show by saying this. Vic, you remember several weeks back when we had the Street Profits as our guests, they hung out for the duration of After the Bell, and Montez Ford promised me a very specific gift. Is that the jersey day? I believe it was the day we were all wearing jerseys, wearing jerseys but it's yeah, okay. less about the jerseys, more so about the gift that Montez Ford promised me, and it, it gives me great pride to say this publicly. Montez Ford is a man of his word, because in my hands... I hold a brand spanking new pair of Nike Air Monarchs to really complete my dad lifestyle, to mow the lawn in, to grill <laughs> yeah. in, to really enjoy my summer. So thank you, Montez, and to everybody listening who's been taking this journey with us. Just know that when Montez Ford makes a promise, he delivers. So does that mean you're going to be more siding with the street profits because of that gift? In Nashville, just because it may have swayed my opinion okay. slightly. I mean, let's be honest. I'm a fan of the Street Profits. I don't, I don't, you know, make uh, make light of that situation. It's hard to ever root against the Usos in any capacity for me. But uh, either way, I'm going to have the most comfortable feet in the state of Tennessee this weekend. You bring up dad life with those shoes. Do you have a dad outfit? Do you have a dad fit that you're just like, screw it? I have this to do today. I'm throwing this on. I'm I'm slowly evolving into only dad costumes love it i got the cargo shorts still uh, okay i i don't I, I don't have cargo shorts i the closest i have are like the dickies shorts which are kind of khaki almost ish not officially dad yet but i'm i'm getting there and uh, montez ford is is helping me navigate that journey this episode is brought to you by atlassian atlassian software like jira confluence and trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. Taste them in my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. We got a lot to get to talking about SummerSlam. Last match, 
Last time, last man standing, Roman Reigns defending his undisputed WWE Universal Championship, which, side note, can we please rename the damn title? Because trying to explain or sell a graphic on Monday Night Raw that involves this title takes 45 seconds just to name the title. Let's change it back. Please, I'm begging you. Someone in this company listens to it. I know they do because I'm usually in trouble for one reason or another. Somebody, let's shorten the name. It is too freaking long. It is of the utmost importance. It is the most significant title in the business. All the respect in the world for it. It just takes way too freaking long to say. Can it just be the WWE Championship again or just the Universal Championship? It is way too many words long. Anyway, rant over. Reigns Lesnar, last man standing. Alex, I'm going to start with you. How do you see this one playing out? I think as much as, uh, you know, as dominant as Brock Lesnar has been over the last, you know, five to seven years. I just don't see Roman Reigns giving it up. Not right now, not SummerSlam, not this point in time, not in Nashville. Uh, I look at this match and think Roman Reigns will be the one to represent the the WWE brand as the undisputed WWE Universal Champion at Clash of the Castle in the UK. That's That's just the only way that this has to happen. I can't see Roman letting Brock walk away with this title in Nashville. That's that's how this one plays out to me in my head. Vic? You know, I look around and it's hard to argue. Graves, you've brought up a lot of great points over the last year of uh, doing this with you. He's in God mode, right? He's operating on a whole new level. It's something that this generation, quote unquote, of wrestling fan hasn't seen. And so with that being said, I do think Roman Reigns walks away with the gold. But if Brock Lesnar is able to win, If Brock Lesnar is the last man standing, Brock Lesnar is the greatest superstar slash wrestler, whatever you want to call him, in WWE and in wrestling history, bar none. That's a really, really bold claim. Bar none? Bar none. When you have someone like John Cena coming out and saying and being asked who's the greatest of all time, and he says Brock Lesnar, you throw on what Brock Lesnar has been able to do over his career of always being the guy, the top guy, the draw, the main event, the spectacle, the guy that you turn in to watch. He's continued to do it time in, time out. Every accolade he has had, add another to it on top of ending this reign of Roman Reigns. He would be in the consideration for everyone to be the greatest of all time. I guess if you think on a long enough timeline and if you look at a total body of work, Brock Lesnar definitely could be in the conversation. I mean, I, I, I am one of the ones that judges the great, how great you are by how many dollars you have made and generated for the business. And Lesnar certainly has been box office for a long time. And I think it'll be one of those ones. We may not realize how great Brock truly is until we don't have Brock anymore. With that said, I think conditions are perfect for Lesnar to be the guy because no one else right now has the credibility. Nobody else has the believability. And I don't believe anyone, even in the WWE universe views anyone on Roman Reigns level, save for Brock Lesnar. So I'll say this, it would be great in Nashville to see, you know, country boy, Brock Lesnar coming out, looking like Rip Wheeler straight out of the bunkhouse from Yellowstone, ready to whoop Roman Reigns ass and take the championship. I'm not going to bet either way, but I will say this. If for some reason Lesnar cannot get the job done, Roman Reigns will be WWE Universal Champion 
undisputed, whatever the hell we're calling it. There are too many words. I'm done playing. It's the WWE title from here on out for my sake. If Lesnar does not leave Nashville with the title, Roman Reigns will be that guy until at least the main event of WrestleMania in 2023. Wow. Not opening Pandora's box. There's nobody on the horizon. I can throw out a name like Seth Rollins, or is it Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, which we'll find out tonight on SmackDown. To your point, credibility. Roman Reigns has dropped them all. What does he say? Tag them and bag them? He, he's been doing it for a long time. It's That is a hard claim to argue there, Mr. Graves. Somebody's going to have to step up, and we've got guys waiting in the wings who could step up. Montez Ford, in particular, I've been singing the praises of for well over a year now, and when he ultimately someday becomes that dude i want everybody to give me my flowers and say oh we're sorry graves we should have listened to you back then because as usual you were right but uh, you look down the landscape you got riddle riddle can't challenge roman because of the stipulation at the, at the match a, a few months back on smackdown uh it could like to your point it could be sheamus could be drew drew versus roman in cardiff you know drew as a scotsman is a representative of the united kingdom sure and I think that's that home field advantage is cool. I, I don't know. I, I don't see it playing out any other way that if Brock Lesnar doesn't win Saturday, anybody beats Roman Reigns until at least WrestleMania. To your point about Montez Ford, he he certainly hung in there with the big dogs on Monday night. I mean, no doubt about it. That guy can go in the ring and he can go in the ring with the best of them. And he proved it during that, that uh, six man. And there were a few times you saw the, the interactions with Roman where it almost looked like he had Roman shook a little bit. Yes. That, that standing rock bottom that, that Roman delivered, there was some hate behind that. That wasn't just, Oh, Hey, I'm trying to win the match. That was, Hey, just so you know, here's a reminder. This is my yard. And I'm sure I'm putting the cart way before the horse. Street Profits themselves have a massive tag team match this coming Saturday. The final final, hopefully, so to speak, uh, special guest referee Jeff Jarrett. I am so disappointed that I haven't had enough time on Monday Night Raw to spit out the phrase R-E single F E R double E Jeff Jarrett. I've, I've had that in my back pocket since it was announced and I had to, to save it for my own show. But uh, guys, I mean, hey, there's still time on Saturday. Yeah, you pull can, it out on SummerSlam. There, I mean, maybe I will. Maybe I will. These two tag teams, much like the New Day and the Usos did a few years back, just keep raising the bar. Just keep putting on epic matches, epic bangers week after week. No matter how many times they faced each other or what the situation, even this past Monday in a six-man tag, there's magic between the Usos and the Street Profits. It's interesting too. We've had both teams on, you know, this year. And the one common denominator that both have said when we've been very honest and asking them, how do you top it? It's almost like a challenge to them. How do we surpass what we've already done? And at Money in the Bank, I mean, holy, what a match that was. You know, now they're at SummerSlam, a pillar of this company, one of the big four or five, depending on how you want to look at it can only imagine what these two teams are willing to do and sacrifice to not only entertain but to walk out with the undisputed gold Alex I want to I want to ask you you're a guy you're a guy who has a, a finger on the pulse of the WWE universe perhaps a little more so a little more closely than Vic or myself sure uh, what, what are the streets saying about this tag team matchup is there a preference amongst the or is there a general consensus or is it kind of a pick'em I think it's a pick 'em, and that's only because of what we've seen from them so far. It's been magic, right? 
every single time these these two teams have been in the ring together, we've gotten blockbuster. We've gotten stuff that people have been talking about, match of the year contender, that kind of stuff. Uh, I think people just are hoping that come Saturday, uh, we're going to see another barn burner like the one that we saw at Money in the Bank. Both teams have something to prove. The Usos are known and have the pedigree right now as far as the the longevity of one of the top tag teams in the business. So they're looking to prove that they're still at the top of their game, right? Uh, they put on magic with guys like the, the New Day in the past. So from the Usos' point of view, they're looking to show that they're still number one, whereas the Street Profits, they're the new kids. They're the up-and-comers, they're the, and they're looking to show that that match at Money in the Bank wasn't just a blip on the radar, wasn't just a flash in the pan, that they can hang with the top tag teams in the business like the Usos have. So, uh, yeah, I would say it's a pick them, and I think both teams have something to prove, and I think they're going to up the level just one more notch above what we saw last month. You know, the cool thing about these teams, too, is they're a real deal. You know, these guys can also go out and have a singles career, all four of them. But we're getting to see them in this structure of this tag team matchup. And look, this to me, this is a main event. This is a main event level matchup. And that's fun to say about tag team wrestling because Graves, we've talked about it. The tag team division right now and the cylinder that that's hitting on. This could main event. Any premium live event, it can main event a Raw, it can main event a SmackDown, you know. You put these guys out there, and like your point about Montez Ford, who knows what the future holds for him? And that's what makes this even more exciting, is that all those combustible elements are going to meet in Nashville. And that's what I'm excited for as a fan, to see these guys tear the house down, all with a chip on their shoulder saying, you know what, we should be the main event of SummerSlam, and they're going to go out there and show it. Alex, you mentioned the, the the need for the street profits to really prove that they can hang, that they belong in that top tier, that upper echelon that the Usos currently occupy. I think something similar could be said about the SmackDown Women's Championship match. We had Liv Morgan on here a few weeks back, and Liv spoke about how much becoming SmackDown Women's Champion means to her, uh, what her goals are, and that she intends on having a long, successful reign. However, Ronda Rousey doesn't agree with that. Ronda Rousey had that moment. (laughs) Ronda had that moment, and she's she's since admitted that she was happy that that Liv picked her spot and that Liv was the one that took Ronda's championship. But now the time for friendships and and the feel-good moment has passed, and now Ronda Rousey wants her title back. Yeah, and I think I think Ronda respects Liv. You know, you saw her on the ropes at the end of that match with Natty at Money in the Bank, and as soon as Liv's music hit, you saw her mouth that oh bleep. Yep. <laughs> you know, with Liv coming down the ring, she knew what was in store. Uh, so I think she does respect her. Uh, for Liv, though, man, is this the this is arguably much bigger than either of those moments last month? Well, it's a completely different environment. So yes, becoming Miss Money in the Bank was a great feeling. Becoming SmackDown Women's Champion, obviously she found herself at the top of the mountain. You can't get any higher in this game than your respective brand's championship right now. But what do we always say? It's what you do after those big moments that truly sets you apart from somebody else. Correct. And now you've got Ronda Rousey focusing on Liv Morgan. Ronda Rousey was focused on Natalia at Money in the Bank. That was who she was planning for. That's what the game was. But now she's got one singular focus, that being Liv Morgan, I'm going to go out on the record here. I think Ronda Rousey is going to destroy Liv Morgan. Destroy. And I mean maliciously. I mean, Ronda Rousey needs this to survive, to continue to be 
Rowdy Ronda Rousey, the baddest woman on the planet. She got caught. And if Ronda doesn't show up in Nashville and dismantle Liv Morgan and, and inflict punishment the likes of which we've never seen out of Ronda to the point where maybe it's uncomfortable for people to watch because everybody loves Liv Morgan right now. She's the, the sentimental favorite. Ronda has got to go out there and destroy Liv Morgan, take back her SmackDown Women's Championship. And if she doesn't, this could be the beginning of a downward spiral for Ronda. Let's look at, at Ronda's MMA career. Ronda was the most dominant force in all of MMA, male or female, biggest star in the game. And then a young lady by the name of Holly Holm showed up. All it took was one loss. Turned it upside down, and Ronda, admittedly, she's, she's done documentaries and interviews, Ronda started doubting herself. And Ronda was really shook, and her MMA career was never quite the same. Could that be the same in WWE? In my opinion, Objectively speaking, if Ronda does not come out and remind everybody why she was the hottest free agent, when she signed with WWE, it was the biggest news of, you know, of the year, if not the, the decade, someone of that caliber coming into our world. But since then, people have gotten used to, oh, that's Ronda Rousey. She shows up on SmackDown. She wrestles. She does this, that, and everything. Ronda needs to make a statement Sunday and not only take back her title, but destroy Liv Morgan. And I'm not saying I want that to happen. I'm, a, I, you know, I... I I like Liv. I enjoy Liv. I think she's deserving of the spot. I'm just saying the onus is on Ronda to make something big happen. So I want to throw this out there because you have a odd way of making certain predictions and they come true on this program. Are you envisioning this matchup being in the same context, so to speak, of Brock Cena from a few years ago when Brock just came out and just beat the it holy hell out of It needs to be Cena? that. It needs to be, in my opinion, that level of uncomfortable to watch violent please referee brutality. stop this to save Liv she's yes. not gonna quit yeah I see what you're saying and I'm sure Liv will recover and she'll be back to fight another day but I'm saying this is this matchup is equally as important if you're Liv Morgan you have to you have to conquer that first hurdle because you're gonna have doubters that say oh well she she won with the money in the bank she stole it she she snuck up after Ronda had had a match already you have to defeat Ronda one-on-one Middle of the ring. If that happens, guess what? I'll be the first to give Liv her flowers and say, hey, you did it. You lived up to your promise to the WWE Universe to be a fighting champion, and you dominated. You beat Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam in the middle of the ring. But just as important on the other side of the ring, if Ronda loses this one, this is not bode well for Ronda. To give Liv a little bit of credit, though, you would have to think she knows this going in, right? Definitely. You would have to think that she's like, okay, I, I did what... A lot of people never expected me to be able to do. And I did it against one of the most dominant forces in the women's division that we've seen in the last five, six, seven years. She would have to think going into this one, okay, I know Ron and I have history. We're buddies, but she's not happy right now. I kind of made her look, I put egg on her face. You pissed off the baddest woman on the planet. Let's call a spade a spade here. That's what you did. So she's going to have to be ready to get to to absorb those guns blazing that are going to be coming out against her in Nashville. So I don't know if I'll go as far as you graves and giving a prediction that it's going to be an all out brutal, just complete domination. I'm not saying that's my prediction. I'm saying in my opinion, that's what Rhonda needs to do Yeah, got is it. to destroy Liv Morgan. And, and, and I, I don't, I mean, how do you bet against Ronda Rousey? Right. Difficult. Even in, in her other sport, when she was sort of on the on the, the downward slope the, at the end of her MMA career, you couldn't bet against her. Yeah, she was a favorite in those matchups still. Right. You know? 
you didn't bet against Tyson in his prime, even after he got knocked down one Correct. time. Correct. Correct. You know, I, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. So is this the most, um, is this the match that we have our eyeballs on most this coming Saturday as far as the most intrigue? I think there's a lot of intrigue in this one and for for the reasons that I just named yeah. in that it will have a, a ripple effect over the SmackDown women's division uh, as a whole, much like the Raw women's championship picture. But the, that picture right now, the Raw women's division, you've got a, n- a number of contenders who are ready. It's sort of, a familiar scene. You know who the players are. You know who who is rising to the occasion. Bianca and Becky are kind of the two horses, yeah. And SmackDown's kind of wide open. You've got your your champion, and nobody expected Liv Morgan to be the SmackDown Women's Champion a right. month ago. So that flipped the whole division. Plus, you've got you know Lacey Evans, who's who's trying to find her footing and get back into that picture. It, it you've got a lot of people hungry for the same spot and everything's sort of shaking out still in the SmackDown women's division. You've got people like, you know, Aaliyah looking for an opportunity. Shotzi. Uh, Shotzi. You, they're, they're, Natalia always wants to be in the mix. And of course, Ronda Rousey. But that whole division to me is sort of, there's a little more parody there. You, it could go any sort of way. And this is a chance for either Liv or Ronda to really reestablish themselves as the face of the blue brands women's division. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. The match I'm looking that intrigues me the most might catch you guys off guard. It's actually Lashley Theory, to be fair. And, and why Why is that? Because it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. When you talk about that last man standing match and you talk about the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, we know Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are going to beat the hell out of each other, and we've talked about that. The one thing we didn't mention is there's a guy much like Liv Morgan who's holding a briefcase. Is Theory going to go out there and give it his all against Bobby Lashley, knowing in the back of his mind what could happen later in the night? Is he thinking too forward about the main event rather than his own spot? There's a lot of questions in that for somebody who is relatively young, 
who has gotten everything I don't want to say necessarily handed to him recently, but has been given a lot of opportunities. Is he going to have the mindset that I have to focus on task A to get to task B, or is he already looking at B? That's why Lashley theory to me is the most intriguing matchup of the night. I understand your point, and I think that is why I disagree so strongly because I think there I don't think there's any way that Theory beats Bobby Lashley. Really? I, I don't. I don't think I don't think Theory I mean, maybe Theory's looking to that, but Theory right now, we talked about it on Monday, is starting to find himself. He's really starting to feel himself. He's in there with all of these top guys. He's had encounters, granted, painful encounters with Brock Lesnar, with Roman Reigns, with the Usos, but Theory is really sniffing that upper echelon of superstardom right now he's right there theory realizes as mr money in the bank he is the most dangerous superstar on the roster and this could be just a big bait and switch the greatest cash-ins in wwe history were a complete surprise and theory is a smart enough guy that he's telling everybody i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this how do we know theory's not just playing mind games he's psyching out roman and brock maybe he's gonna maybe he will cash in it would make sense but maybe he's just going to sit back and wait maybe he's going to wait until whatever happens in cardiff maybe he thinks he has a better chance against drew mcintyre or sheamus or whomever that ends up you got a year to cash in hey this generation wants instant gratification i get that so what happens so theory then he cashes in and then all of a sudden you've got roman reigns who wants his championship back all of a sudden you want brock lesnar who wants his championship back theory becomes the hunted by the two biggest predators in the game is that a wise decision? I don't know. You have a year. Let it shake out. I, I'm, I'm just curious to see how it is. But ultimately, I think back, going back to the United States title match, I don't think there's any chance that Theory beats Lashley. Lashley, to me, is right now the most important star on Monday Night Raw in the men's division because we only have one singles title to represent. On a three-hour show, it's the United States title that has fluctuated in its prestige it's, it's fluctuated in the prestige over the past several years. You know, you had John Cena had it. It would, might as well have been another world championship. And then it, you know, gets traded back and forth and it's featured and it's not featured. Bobby Lashley has a chance to take the United States title and make it the number one title on Monday nights. As long as Roman or Brock or Theory or whomever it is, is floating back and forth doing both shows from time to time. Bobby, I think, has a chance to really recapture the glory that he had as WWE champion for a short period of time, but it's a different title, but he can elevate it. You know how they say the, the title can make the man or the man can make the title. This is Bobby Lashley's opportunity to make the United States title one of the most prestigious, again, in the game. Well, like you always say, credibility, right? I, you just talk about the being a former world champion. He had so much credibility to the United States championship in this light. And, you know, that's a great point that I, I didn't think of, you know, stepping outside of the, the box of raw. And Alex, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it too. Graves hits it. There's only one quote unquote, true singles champion in the men's division on raw. That's not going back and forth. And that is the almighty. Well, uh, I look at this as far as Bobby Lashley is concerned. He's got a real opportunity, uh, even just outside of the United States Championship. Raw has lost two of arguably its biggest fan favorites to injury right now, uh, Cody Rhodes and Randy Orton. Those guys are not on the yeah. show right now. Bobby La and with the quote-unquote undisputed WWE Universal Championship being more uh, on SmackDown these days because of Roman Reigns, Bobby's got an opportunity to be the top dog on, on the red brand, no? No doubt about it. 
He's there right now, right? If you beat Theory and you hold on to the United States Championship, you're the dude as far as I'm concerned on that show. I completely agree, and I don't see that, that there's any reason why Lashley can't be the featured the guy on Monday nights as United States champion. And I think the fans want to see it too. They've showed with, with the reactions Bobby's getting as he's coming to the ring these last few months, like people I've want touched it. on it. I've mentioned it on, on raw in the midst of it. I think we've talked about it here on the show. The connection that Lashley has right now with the WWE universe is one of, if not the most organic connection and reactions that we have in all of WWE, where the fans have taken the journey with Bobby you know, Bobby came back to WWE in the fold a few years ago and was doing some ridiculous stuff. Remember, he would come out on Raw and he would flex his ass cheeks and, and you know. Be, be, That's what to, did it. That was the, that was the linchpin. Yeah, well, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? That, that when he came back, a lot of people went, oh, okay. And then, of course, the, the disastrous romance story and the wedding and all. Just, just oh, yeah, anything that, that could have gone well. wrong. Yep. Lashley was a victim of Murphy's <laughs> Law. Yes. Sure. 100%. So for the fact that he, he endured all of that and then... You know, the pandemic, everybody's kind of up in the air. No one knows what to make. There's there's room for experimentation. There's room to try new things. And the Hurt Business comes along and people go, oh, this is really cool. And and credit to everybody in the Hurt Business, because as a crew, Shelton, Cedric, MVP, that that all elevated everybody. And then Bobby took that and, and ran with it. And now in Madison Square Garden on Monday night, Lashley came out and the crowd was chanting, Bobby and the people were on their feet and Bobby walks around the ring. And it's funny because technical TV brain that I have where I, I I'm doing my actual job from a broadcasting perspective. I'm going, Oh no, Bobby, don't go that way. Look, turn, turn the camera over the nope, hard cams over. Bobby <laughs> just doesn't care because Bobby go. It's, it's this, this true connection when he comes out there and Bobby he is smiling. Feel. He feels it. Yeah. He feels it. He gets in the ring and puts his hands up and, and it's, it's almost one of those old wrestling tropes where you would do the yay boo. You'd walk to one corner. Are you, are you louder than the other? But it happens for real with Bobby and it's really, really cool. And I'm telling you, people were just captivated because Bobby Lashley has finally earned the respect almost unanimously from the WWE universe. And I think everybody sees him now for what we've seen for a long time. We've been singing the praises of Lashley for forever and a day, but I think everybody is finally realizing he's the real deal. This is a guy we can get behind, a guy we can root for, a guy who looks cool, a guy you don't have to be ashamed of if you're a, a uh, I don't want to say a closet wrestling fan. You know how some people you go, oh, wait, wait why, do you have, fan? Why, why do you have a picture of this guy on your wall? And people go, oh, no, you go, look, it's Bobby Lashley. It's like having a super, you might as well have Thor on your wall. Or, that you goes know back I mean? to legitimacy too. Like he legitimately could, beat the hell out anyway totally but i'm saying bobby checks all the boxes and the fact that he has that connection now where people just care people believe in bobby lashley and i think it's awesome and i think bobby is the to, to the point we made earlier the best suited member of the roster right now to be the face of the united states championship and the face of monday night raw on a long enough timeline so i don't think theory pulls off the win over lashley that said it could be very very interesting as we know we haven't touched on it. We're not going to because I don't have three hours of uninterrupted thoughts to, to spew out to you. There's a change happening in WWE across the board. Everything is shifting. It's going to be a slow progression, but things are going to look different. Things are going to look very different, you know, by, by January, by the time we get to Royal Rumble than they do now. The fuse could be lit at SummerSlam, and I fully expect it to. That Monday night in Houston, after, after we get through SummerSlam, I think the landscape of Raw and SmackDown are going to look different. Not drastically, not unrecognizable, but different. 
So maybe Theory does become United States champion. And maybe Theory does cash in and become undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion of the world and the galaxy and like all that. seven seas. Maybe Theory's the dude. Maybe, maybe that's the night that the trigger gets pulled. Because there was a guy a few years back, it was in the summertime, who became the youngest world heavyweight champion in WWE history. And it felt like, oh, no, this was, no one wants to see this. We're not ready for this. Uh, oh, but you fast forward down the line and you realize that that was what launched Randy Orton. That's what pushed Randy Orton into the elite stratosphere of main event world champion caliber player at the age of 24. You talk about, we talk about Randy's documentaries and, and again, Randy wasn't necessarily ready for that spot at the time, but if it doesn't happen when it does in the summertime where Orton become, becomes that dude, does Orton ever make it? And, and I don't want to say, does he ever make it, but does Orton achieve the status that he has today of 20 plus years in the spotlight at the top of the game? I think Orton's one of those undeniable guys where probably eventually it would have clicked. Right, 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 right. Taken his you know spot in the pantheon. Let, let me let me rephrase that. We look at Randy now as a bona fide legend right. who still has tread on the tires. Right. This, this, this was jarring when Randy went down with injury. Right. No, no. We were all expecting. You know, I've heard the same rumors everybody else has. There was a possibility Randy Orton was going to be the one that challenged Roman at SummerSlam, but Randy gets hurt, goes down. Man, that sucks. But we look at Randy in that same Randy right now, save Brock and Roman. Do we have anybody in that upper echelon that is a full-time performer in this day and age? You could, you could, you know, you have your guys, your Goldbergs, your Batistas, your your break glass in case of emergency that can come back for for a show or two or a big time match, but that sustained he can still carry the show, carry the company. Randy still is that guy. And theory is sort of at the same point in his career that Orton really took off. It's kind of like those career, you know, the same path that you're bringing up. And I didn't, when I spewed my thought a moment ago, I never really correlated it to Randy Orton. But that's another interesting point, Graves, that you bring up is, does it just happen? Because to your point, yeah, I don't think anyone saw it coming. Was it too early? I think to agree to with Alex, yeah, he was going to win the world title at some point. If it wasn't sure. in August, maybe it was October. It was November. Absolutely. It was going to happen. I, I feel that way about theory right now. And you could draw even more parallels than just the path that theory is on with, with Orton than just that. I mean, similar looks built similarly. It's kind of that same young kind of brash up and comer that he and, was and at that point in his career. He's been very open and honest that he has dedicated his life to being that he wants to be John Cena. He wants to be Randy Orton. He wants to be spoken of in the same breath. And it wasn't like, so many of us, oh, I just want to make it to the show, man. I just want to make it to the dance. I'd love to make it to WWE. Theory, from a very young age, by his own admission, said, I, I want to be WWE champion. I want to be the face of the company. And that's like, there's only one other guy I can remember that I've had that same conversation with. And that's the guy who's currently the face of WWE, Roman Reigns. I, I told the story with Roman. Roman and I, on, on this, uh, this show, a few, you know, probably the last time Roman was on, about how I remember sitting in a pool while we were in developmental in FCW and 
you know, my, my buddies and Rollins and I, we were all talking about, oh, man, I just want to get to Raw. I just want to get to SmackDown. I just want to get a chance. just want to get a shot. And Roman was sitting back going, I want to re- headline WrestleMania like this. I want to beat The Rock. I want to bring back Stone Cold and beat him. Roman was thinking that way. It's, I hate the analogy and the cliche, but Roman was playing chess while everyone else was playing checkers. Theory draws a lot of those same comparisons. Just on a human being level, having that discipline, that drive, that vision for yourself where... You know, we talked to, to Bianca a few weeks ago about how Bianca has that imposter syndrome where she still yes. has to remind herself, hey, you belong here. You did the work. You are that girl. You're the champion. You're the face of your division. But she struggles with it internally and has to remind herself, okay, yeah, you deserve this. You earned this. You worked for this. Is Theory the exact opposite of Theory's that? Theory's the exact opposite. <laughs> he is. But I'm saying Theory's the exact opposite the same way that Roman Reigns was the exact opposite from Seth Rollins back in developmental or, or any number of guys who have gone on to be big-time stars in WWE. But only one is functioning in God mode right now. I, I, I don't know. I think this could be, like, like I said, if Theory doesn't leave Nashville with the title, I truly believe that the fuse will have been lit on the theory train by the time we leave Nissan stadium in some capacity. If he's smart, I would almost wait until like you kind of said earlier graves till clash at the castle in Cardiff. Cause then you might have that Roman drew Roman Seamus, something along those lines to cash in on versus heck, you know, even if Roman and Brock beat the hell out of each other for still 20 minutes, you're still trying to beat Roman and or Brock for the title. Would you rather jump into a cage with one tiger or two? Yeah, exactly. That's the exact point (laughs) I'm trying to make. It seems almost like a foregone conclusion that maybe Nashville isn't my best play for my own personal safety. But conversely, I mean, we've seen the last man standing matches in WWE are the most brutal. And I love them. They've, to me, become arguably my favorite type of match because they're still very rare. And the last time we saw one, I believe, was Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens during the, I think it was, was it the Royal Rumble? It was sometime during the pandemic, I remember, uh, that when Heyman ended up getting handcuffed to the this set. That last man standing match, I think, was the last, the last time we've done it. And I just love these matches. I think back to John Cena and Umaga, which was, to this day, one of oh, my great. favorite matches in WWE history. Because when you've got two top-tier bulls, that collide in this last man stand. This is it, man. The stakes don't get any higher. Hell in a Cell used to be that. You had to settle it in a cage, and you had to settle it, locked everybody away. Now it's last man standing. I would say that that's almost become the true de facto rivalry ender in WWE, where after last man standing, you guys you guys are still going to be around, but y'all are going to take different paths from now on because the business is done. So think about those two Tigers you talked about. You go into a last man standing match where you're having trouble getting to the to your feet by 10, those are two very wounded tigers. You're not going to have that sort of wounded tiger in Cardiff or in November or in December. You're going to have a very good opportunity in Nashville. So I really think... Are you implying that that Drew McIntyre or Sheamus are not capable of beating and battering Roman Reigns? They're going to have rules to follow. As far as right now, last man standing, there ain't nothing going to stop either of those guys from ripping a limb off and beating the hell out of the other one with it. Yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt about it. Elsewhere on the card, of course, we've got Logan Paul making his uh, singles debut against The Miz. We know how heated that rivalry's been, uh, how it's continued to escalate, and just announced the Mysterios, Ray and Dom against The Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Damian Priest. Also, I believe, as it stands, a no-disqualification match 
which could be very, very interesting. Uh, I'm curious to see how that one plays out. And I just want to take a second to, to give Ray his flowers again. The 20th anniversary Monday night had about 30 seconds to, to really pontificate and spill my feelings about what Ray Mysterio means to, to all of us and this game. Uh, it couldn't, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. You, you would be hard-pressed to find anyone in the locker room or in the company who is as highly respected yet also simultaneously as generous with his time and his knowledge and his passion for this business and his love for his family than Rey Mysterio. They say never meet your heroes. If your heroes Rey Mysterio, I can say with complete confidence, you would not be disappointed. That's you right. will not be disappointed. If you haven't met Ray and you're waiting for the opportunity, I promise you, it is going to be everything that you hope it will be because Ray is so selfless with his time and loves this business and everyone he works with and his fans like nobody else. So uh, congratulations to 20 years, Ray. And uh, here's to 20 more because the guy apparently is like Benjamin Button and ages backwards. Yeah, he's, he's, he's absolutely amazing. He's very genuine, as you mentioned. Also humble. I think that's one of the things for everything he's done in 20 years, all the world titles, main events, he's still very gracious when he says hi. He doesn't hide from anybody. He's always out there. So, you know, Graves, you couldn't have said it any better. And, of course, while we're rounding out the card, everything is subject to change. And, I mean, we're dropping this Friday morning, and who knows what could happen by then. Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. My arch nemesis from the SmackDown side of things versus one of my best friends in the game. Wonder who uh, you're gonna pick. Listen, of course, I'm rooting for Happy Corbin. I mean, we're thinking about starting a cover band together. We're we're such a, a rock and roll duo, but I think this one's gonna be fun. And I think now people realize what an athlete McAfee is. Everybody saw what he did at WrestleMania. We know how entertaining Pat can be. And Corbin is chomping at the bit for this opportunity because everything that we've seen, the, the backstory, I met Pat McAfee through Happy Corbin when Corbin and I were both in FCW. So this is legit. This is the genuine truth. He used to talk about all oh, his buddy, his buddy Pat, and his McAfee was just starting his, his little media empire. He just kind of getting out of the gate. I was like, wow, this guy's pretty entertaining. Little did I know that he would ever cross paths into our world. But I think this is a chance for Corbin to really remind everybody what he's capable of. And this is another conversation for another day, perhaps in the wake of SummerSlam. Alex, I texted you about something very similar uh, several weeks ago in the middle of the night as I was feeling inspired <laughs> as to how I would love to be the Paul Heyman to Happy Corbin's Roman Reigns. A mouthpiece, so to speak. Not necessarily a mouthpiece, but I think a, an advocate uh, not necessarily on screen. I'm saying behind the scenes, I, I believe in Happy Corbin. Isn't it wild that not only were Corbin and McAfee both on the Colts in 09, but that they were also roommates? Yeah. Like that, that it truly is a colliding of, of, of fates. It really, will. it's really, really strange. And there's a lot more truth to it. And it's actually one where I wish we would have been able to tell that story a little bit more in depth because of all the layers to it. Because uh, Corbin really did have a reputation for being a on the field and McAfee is really beloved by most of his teammates and, and there's a there's a really interesting dynamic there and uh, I think this might be one much like it's Wrestlemania that in the in the wake of SummerSlam people are going to be talking about it because again McAfee like him or hate him and on TV I hate him in real life he's all right but but uh uh, I think a lot of people are going to be digging this and I think it's it's a big opportunity for for Corbin to show people hey I'm still here because everybody's talking about McAfee. I think Corbin is the most underrated superstar we have in the WWE.
for everything. And I told him when he when he was on with us, for everything that he's been asked to do from a creative standpoint, he nails every role. We talk about when he was, you know, a homeless bum Corbin, and he was like, yeah, I grew my hair out. And you know how Otto was going to a parent-teacher conference. You know, he has been able to do everything asked of him. He hits out of the park. He cares. He is very underrated and not highly thought of, I think, by the WWE Universe in some senses. I'm looking forward to that. And look, we called Pat's first match, Graves, did we not? We sure did. And we both looked at each other and went, whoa. Yep. When it was done. So I, I can only imagine what these guys are going to pull out at the biggest party of the summer. And I got medically cleared a year ago and they still won't let me wrestle. Anyway, hope you all ride. enjoy SummerSlam. Uh, you got next Graves? Uh, whoever wins this match will we'll face the, no. the returning court Graves. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> but hopefully everybody enjoys the biggest party of the summer. SummerSlam tomorrow, streaming live, WWE on Peacock. Last man standing for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Boom. Finally nailed it before the end of the show. Roman Reigns defends against the beast Brock Lesnar. We will be there. Well, I will be there. Vic, you're locked down in Florida because you, you ain't know, lying. Yeah. Uh, make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Find me at WWE Graves. You can find him at Vic Joseph WWE. Thanks once again to Alex for turning on your microphone today and joining the conversation, keeping us honest. Make sure you're listening for free on Spotify. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol. No doubt about it, a very different WWE landscape, which we will discuss in depth on After the Bell.